Uh, I'm excited about this message. I've been thinking about it when I was in England. I thought about this message and how I wanted to, I know this past weekend, I want to encourage you, if you have chi- uh, children, you need to go back and watch the podcast that I preached this Sunday. Not that you watch me, but that you hear the message for your children and for this next generation. I'm excited what God's doing in this house, and I'll be in Eunice this week, and I'm excited about going there and what God is doing there. And so there's just, uh, you know, it's just incredible what God is doing in all of our campuses. I had uh, two weeks ago when I went to uh, Crowley, we had like eight people get saved and uh, give their hearts to the Lord. And these three ladies that came for the first time all got saved, and they're all going through Next Step this week. And so that's what it's all about, you know, when God just touches people's lives. And, and so this morning, if you're going to look for a portion of Scripture, my text is going to be in Matthew, and it's chapter 5, verse uh, 13 through 16. It's a very familiar portion of Scripture. It's actually uh, a great Scripture to, to look at. It's actually right before Jesus in, in Matthew 5 is actually at the beginning of, the, of Matthew. He's really talking about how many of you have heard the Beatitudes, Okay, and before I start the message, I just want to read some of the Beatitudes. And, and it said, and seeing the crowds, he went up to the mountain. When he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth. I mean, that's a good thing to do if you're going to teach someone to open your mouth. And taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I love the Beatitudes. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you. And utter all kinds of evil against you, against you falsely on my account. And he says, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For they shall persecute the prophets who were before you. I mean, think about it. If, you get, if you, you're going to be a martyr, what can they threaten you with, heaven? I mean, come on, what a deal. And, you know, we don't like going through pain. How many of you like pain? No one likes pain. But right after he does the Beatitudes, he talks about what we should be like while we live on this earth. And that's where verse 13 through 16 comes. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on top, on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, I remember that, that song, that, I don't know if they used to sing it in the 80s and the 70s, about this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, I'm not going to put it under a bushel, no. You know, I remember all that? And all the other people that got saved, that's, anyway. That, that's in my top 10 uh, songs. We don't have, we've run out of the CDs. Actually, you don't want the CD, but anyway. No light, and it says, instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light. And I like this, to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all, see, all to see, so that everyone who prays will, will praise your heavenly Father. I like one that says, one version said, let your light shine before men. And, and it said, there are two pictures of the Christian 
is us. It's light and salt. And salt speaks of inward character that God wants to put in our lives. And what happens is when you are touched by God, God begins to work on your character. You understand me? How many of you know that we were questionable characters? Or we were character at a party? And people went, oh, we glad, we glad they showed up. The party's fixing to start, you know, because you were the character. That influences a decaying world. What, what God is wanting to put character in, I see what people want. People want gifts and abilities and charisma, but that, that'll get you so far. But character will take you places a lot further. Character will take you all the way to heaven. You know, talent and all that will last for a moment, but it has, it, what it does, it depreciates over time. But if you allow God to build your character, your, your, what God, what, it, it, it's like, it's like an investment. There's a payoff at the end. It's called heaven. And so what God wants to do is build our character, but light speaks of the outward testimony, what we, our good works, who we are, what we do in our community, how we, how we treat our family, how we love our wife, how we love our children, how we love our coworkers, how we love people that are all around us. And so it speaks of good works, and it, those works should always point right to God. Does it make sense? And so our task is to keep our lives pure that we might salt this earth and, 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 and hold back corruption so the gospel can get out. In other words, we are those people. You see, God has given us a responsibility, and it's not sometimes it's not protesting something that you don't believe in. It's just making a stand and going, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is what God has done in my life. And salt promotes thirst. You know what? When you, how many of you like, I like to put, here's, my bad, here's the bad thing. When I first got married, my mother-in-law, Ms., uh, she's a great cook, but there was never salt and pepper at the table. And it was just bland. Like Tracy went up, we went this summer to Washington State, and she was like, man, the food's good, but it just don't taste. There's something about when you put salt on something, it just enhances the taste. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I don't even have to taste it. I'm putting salt on it. I mean, my wife goes, you even put salt on pizza, baby. It brings it out. <laughs> you know? And, and so and what happened is salt promotes. So you should be making those around you thirsty for the living water of Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, people should say, there's something about that that creates a thirst in me for what they're enjoying. Why are they always enjoying something? Here's a question I want to ask you. When's the last time you allowed yourself to have some joy? When's the last time you just, you know, when's the last time you just went out and you just let the sun just shine on your skin and enjoy it? Enjoy a good meal. Look at the sky. Come on. When's the last time you did that? You know, sometimes we get so busy, and I'm coming back to the message. Sometimes we get so busy, we forget about the simple things in life, and we don't take the time to enjoy what God has given us. Amen? Amen. Even our children, even our wives, enjoying those people. People should say there's something about you that creates a thirst. See, salt preserves. And our culture, and when our culture is messed up. And that's why I brought this book here. It's, it's called The Daniel Dilemma. It's from the second, this is a friend of mine, Chris Hodges. I take him hunting a couple of times a year. He's got the second largest church in America. It's in Birmingham, Alabama, small church of 45,000 people. And what he does, no, he's, I know him. He's, he's from, listen, 
anything great comes from Louisiana. He's from Louisiana. He's from Baton Rouge. And what he talks about, he talks about culture and who we should be. You know, and I just encourage you, it's, it's online, you can get this book. And it kind of shows us as Christians what we should be and what we should represent. And it really goes along with the message. I'm not taking any notes from the book, but I'm, it really goes along. If you want to know what we're dealing with in our culture, I'm just telling you. How many of you ladies have heard of, uh, what is it, Lisa Tur- Turquoise? She goes to his church, okay? He's her, he's her pastor. He's the one that ministers to her. She wrote the foreword in the book. So I'd encourage you. The women are going, I'm getting that. Anyway. And so... What happens is salt preserves and see salt preserves and heals. I one of the things I used to hunt with a guy's name was Dallas Dortez, and he was older than me, and I I learned a lot of lessons just hanging around him. And he told me he said, you know, Bubba, what we used to do when we used to sell ducks to the market, my dad used to get a stick and give me give me a stick and my brother a stick, and he had he had three shells for a shotgun with a single barrel, and what we would do, we'd get a cow. And my dad would work a cow around the, around the geese to make the geese pack up. And he said what we would do, my dad would, and the, the, we would stand behind the cow, so the cow, and so the cow never saw him, but you know, the cow had more legs than normal, you know what I mean? And so they were walking around the circle to tighten this group, and he said, and my dad would put that gun barrel over the back of that old that cow, and he'd start to shoot, and boom, boom. And he said, they'd have all the wounded, and that was our job, to get the stick and beat all the wounded ones. And if we didn't, if we let any go, he'd take the stick and beat us with it. <laughs> And he said, but one thing I really enjoy and I miss, you don't see anymore. I'm, I'm telling you a reason. He said, I, we used to love, we didn't have refrigerators, so my mama would put pig lard. She would smoke the ducks, put pig lard and salt on, in there, and they would layer that so in the summer they could take a, a duck or a goose out and they could recook it. And he said, just the taste of that. And he was like, and so you're going, ooh, what? And that's the way Cajuns used to do it, Okay. But when he, and what happens, it salt preserves, you know, a little pig lard don't hurt either, but it preserves, you know, uh, if you ever go up to Tennessee and Kentucky, they have salt ham where everything's preserved in salt. And so what happens is we know that this world is decaying and as a church, we should hold, we shouldn't hold back from being an example. And see, that's the thing. What happens is we're speaking a lot of truth without grace and that, that's mean, but if you, shoot, if you have grace without truth, it's meaningless. Are you hearing me? But if you have grace and truth together, it's like good medicine. And that's what salt does. Salt preserves things in our hearts and our spirit. And so have you lost your saltiness? Have you lost your effectiveness? See, if you're salty, that's what, what happens. You can have an effect on people where people, like in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. It begins with us as the church to make people thirsty, that we give them something, they go, man, I got to have what they have. Am I making sense here? And so here's the thing. Here's the question. Are you allowing the word of God, his presence, to get in your life? I talked to Pastor Jim LaFoon yesterday. We had a 40-minute talk. And we were talking about as we're getting older. And he's asking me, Bubba, man, how you doing? And, you know, all this stuff. And, we're, and he told me, you know, in the comments, just pray for me. And I'm like, man, how do you pray for you? You know? And, 
that he just told me, he said, man, he said, I've been praying up in the spirit, Bob, and God just, he said, when I pray up in the spirit, my, my knees and everything have been just like my bones, and, you know, I've just got back from Europe, and my bones were all like just rubbing on each other, and I start praying in the spirit. It's like, oh, God puts oil between my joints. Come on. And it's like, I just know this is the power. Listen, it's me trying to figure it out. Let me just say this. I can walk in faith or I can walk in fear. Fear is hard work. Faith is easy. Come on. When you have stress, you got to work on your stress. But on faith, you go, I trust you. Come on. Listen, I had the four, if you had the keys to the side-by-side, we're missing them. Okay, someone used it. And I, like, literally, my four-wheeler's broke. The side-by-side, we can't find the key. And I, like, yesterday, I'm supposed to go fix all these blinds and stuff, and I'm, I have nothing to do it with. So JJ, had, I'm like, God, I'm just being honest with you, okay? I go, God, I know I've done everything I can. I can't do it. You're going to have to help me. And then, then uh, one of the guys in the church called me because J.J. found him. He goes, Pastor Bubba, I'm going to go help you tomorrow. i got a side-by-side for you, and I'm coming with you. And I'm like, come on. Because sometimes we, you know what sometimes we got to do sometimes? Let me be honest with you. I can't figure it out. God, you got to show. God cares about the little things in life. Okay, I'm sorry. Y'all pray for my addiction. But anyway. For some people, it's affliction. Some it's addiction. We are the, but here's the thing. We are the light of the world. And that's what I really want to cover tonight. And one of the things I think about is light is very generous. Think about it. Light's generous. It illuminates so much. You know, before there was the sun and the moon, uh, God's light came before them. You know, if you read the account in Genesis, it says, the earth was without form, without form or void, became uh, void. It came in darkness over the face. It covered the face of the darkness of the deep. In the, spirit, in, in the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. You know, in the end, God's glory, when we get to heaven... There's not going to be a sun and a moon. They said that heaven's going to be, uh, heaven's going to be illuminated by God's presence. Think about that. It's a light that we've never experienced. It's a light that, that's going to light up heaven. Think about that. You know, and see, in the end, that's what it is. Light is linked to God. So the first thing I want you to see, number one, there's the power of light. The reason you and I see is because light works. Think about it. Light reveals. Remember in the morning when you'd wake up in the morning, your mom would turn on the light, time for school, and she'd flick on the light? Oh, mom, please. How many of you run into the door because you didn't put on the light? You know, someone leaves like you're walking to get out, boom, you meet the door. This morning, my wife thought she had the alarm off, and I'm like, and I can't find her alarm. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I didn't, walk, I didn't wake up in the spirit. I had to repent and get in the spirit. And then I thought, I'm going to let it work, run for five minutes. And wah, wah, wah. Did you hear it this morning? Okay. And I was like, man, I just want to torment somebody. Then I turn on the light to find out how to press the alarm button. 
because it revealed where the alarm button was because I don't know where it is in the dark. You see, x-ray machines see bones, and they can spot bones that lay in darkness in our bodies. We live in a universe of absolute darkness. Think about it. You ever see the vastness of the universe? Look how much dark there is, but you see the little pins of light. You know, and so if God does, listen, if light doesn't work, you're stuck. You know, they they say that people that have been stuck in caves, it's so dark that there's nothing at all you can see. Nothing, just the, the sheer dark. God said that Israel will be my light. His nation. You remember, he, he wanted to have a people. And so the, this journey, uh, their, their journey in his was to deliver them from Egypt. And what happened is, you remember in Egypt, they even had a moment where the plagues was severe darkness. You couldn't see anything. And so what happened is that journey that God wanted people to see, especially in Egypt and the, their enemies when they went out to battle to possess the promised land, that they were people that were the people of God. And they were led by a light. Because if you go in Palestine right now, and even in the Bible times, it was so dark. In that part of the world at night, it gets super dark. And light illuminates things. And so what happens, you know, God said the Israel would be that. And, and he delivered them. Victories in battle, the promise. Land. He is the light. Jesus reveals hearts that are hidden in darkness and blindness through his light. The Bible says in John 8, 12, says, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, there's a portion, it's not in your notes. And, and what happens, but, but what happens, it says this in John, go with me to John chapter 1. In verse, I think it's starting in verse 5. I'm going to find it real quick. I know where I'm going. It's a travel channel, but we're going to get there. All right. It said, verse 5. Oh, no, verse 4. It started verse 3. Heck, what the heck? <laughs> All things made through him and without him was without anything made, uh, was made. In him was life. We're talking about Jesus. John chapter 1, started verse, I'm in verse 4 now. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You heard what it said. It's not overcome it. And it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, Jesus, okay, that we might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives life to, light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. You understand what he's saying right there? He was right there at creation. And he said, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Come on, isn't that awesome? And so, the, see, not only, did Jesus, not only did Israel represent the light of God, but Jesus represented the light of God. He was there at the beginning. It said, let us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came together. Let us, let us make light. Okay? And it was, it's very clear. Let us. That's plural. You have some churches that believe it's singular. It's Jesus only. Let me just tell you. If you go there, then Jesus was schizophrenic. He prayed to himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
Father, take this cup from me. So that is a blown out. Let me just stop right there and can't. That is not even, there's only, there's only a few denominations in the whole world that believe that. I'm just telling you. You can go to any other, camp, any other church, any mainline denomination. They believe, well, they believe in a lot of things that they used to not believe, but, but the Trinity, the power of the Trinity. And I'll just stop there. So the church, and he goes from Jesus to the church. We are the light of the world. The mission is where we position the light. Where are we going to position ourselves? Where are we going to do? Why do we position ourselves to the community? I went to the baseball clinic for Jen, not baseball clinic, a ban- wait, it was a banquet, Luke and I, and on, on Saturday night. And then I met one of the principals there, David uh, Reed, the assistant principal, and he just said, for everybody that served the teachers at Jenny's High, he said, man, Pastor Bubba, man, it's incredible what y'all do. The church, I mean, it's, I just, he said, man, I, I just want to tell you, man, it, y'all's church just blesses this community and blessed our school again. And you know, really, I didn't have anything to do with it. You know what I mean? But we represent each other. You know, when I, when, can I just be honest? We've been growing so much sometimes. The only way I know if some people come to our church now, if they're wearing a t-shirt, says, I love my church. <laughs> can I be honest? If you ain't going to be honest, I will. <laughs> Pastor Josh, we need more shirts, Pastor Bubba. <laughs> anyway. So the mission is where we position ourselves. Here's a question. Are you positioning yourself in a place where God can give you his light? Because you're just a reflection of what you hang out with. Remember in high school? Whoever you hung out with is you probably acted like, wore the same stuff, acted the same things, listened to the same songs, talked about the same stupid stuff, looked at people in magazines, and you look at them now and go, what was so big about that? And the bands, I look at the old bands I used to listen to. They had bad hair days. They were ugly. And I was just like them. So the church, who's the church? That's us. The second thing is the light is position. Here it is. The city on the hill speaks of intention, the aim, the plan, the action. If you don't have something you're aiming for, you can't hit it. You making sense? If you don't have a target that you're shooting for, you'll never hit the target because you're not, you don't have any aim. You have no assignment. You don't know where you're going. And see, what has to happen is, for us, it's about position. Nor can it be built except to be seen. God builds people. Why is next step so important? Why is freedom so important? God is building things inside, inside of you because you never build anything without an intention. If you build a home... You have intentionality for your home, right? If you get to build your dream house, you go, we're going to have this, we're going to have this, and we're going to do this. Or if you live in an older home, you say, we're going to fix this up, and this is how we're going to have it. This is what we're going to do. There's intentionality. So when people come, they go, wow, I like what you did. This is cool. You know what I'm saying? It represents something, just like us. You know, that's what he's saying. If you build something, God, listen, disciples are not born. Disciples are made. They're built by God. And so when God builds people, what he's trying to do is is, is he's trying to build a reflection of himself that people see and they go, and it's where you position yourself. You're hearing me? 
Sometimes it's being somewhere where you feel like you need to be. Talking to some a person designed, especially, I mean, especially, you know, as a man, especially men, our position as a father or as a man is to respect, uh, is maybe to marriage, is to respect what God has given us in marriage. We're the head. That don't mean you can't have a neck that turns the head. That doesn't mean that I'm an ogre, that Tracy doesn't have an opinion. Are you hearing me? That we can come together and go, this is what I feel God's doing. And she might have a better way. She may go, that's good. I agree with you. But this might be a smarter way. And most of the time she is smarter than me because she is. Not when, when not only was her GPA much higher than mine, and I'm not going to give you mine. Hers was closer to four. Mine was closer to one than anyone. <laughs> well, two. But anyway, almost. Anyway. I went to a private school. She went to a hard public school. So that's even smarter than anyone. Just that. But here's the thing. It's a city on the hill. It's a plan, a person design. See, in medicine, I found out this today. In medicine, when it talks about being light, it's the healing process of a wound. You know that when you put a wound in, in the sun or in the light, it helps heal it. There's vitamins in the sun. Did y'all know that? How many of you didn't know that? Get out in the sun. Anyway. A lamp is intended by someone. See, it, it talks about being in a city and a lamp. When you have a lamp, it means like a flashlight. We would consider. And nowadays, all of us got, if it'll come up, flashlights. And what is a flashlight designed for? I mean, I mean it's to illuminate things. It's to open up things. You can't read your Bible in the morning if it's dark outside unless you put a light on. You can't see someone's face. I remember Pastor Jacob picked up a guy one time, and the guy, he kept talking to him. He picked him up, then he goes, he goes and he looked at him, and he, and he goes, and he got in the light, and he goes, oh, man, I thought you were a brother. Pastor Jacob next again, he said, but I turned the light, you bright. <laughs> i never forget that. You're bright. But he grew up in the hood, the fourth ward in Houston. He didn't think he was a Mexican until he was 11. So anyway, it's true. If you never go into the dark, you're never able to share the light. Do you hear me? If you never go into the dark, you're never able to share the light. What does that look like? What do you mean, Pastor Baba? I believe that God should give us, I think... Part of the process of when God begins to do things in our hearts and our lives and he begins to change us on the inside, he wants us to be a light in the midst of wherever we go. It could be family. It could be friends that you know. It could be a phone call you can make that you walk into that darkness. See, God hadn't called us to set up little holy clubs. He's called us to go. Our mission is to go to the dark, to those that are lost, those that are hurting, those that have hurt. That's why we believe in missions. In our church, and that's why we support missions, is because you know sometimes we can't be there, but we can support the people that can be there to shine the light of Jesus. And there's opportunities when we can go there that we go. You know, there are places in this city, in these surrounding areas, there's just tremendous darkness. How many you talking about? How many of you say I lived in that? You know what I mean? But someone came that reflected or positioned themselves in the light. 
You know what I'm saying? How do you position? I mean, it's, it's finding God, what is my purpose? What my, what's my position? And so the lightest position to have an impact. It has to touch someone to see the value of it. Are you hearing me? What does that mean? Uh, Sia, come up here. Come stand up here. I'm going to show off your legs. Man, God, that's some good-looking legs. No. I love Sia. The other week, uh, after service, he said, man, that was a sad story you shared, Pastor Bubba, this Sunday, when you tell me that boy. But see, if I don't touch him, you know, when I touch someone, when I grab them, it's a better impact. Thank you, Sia. You're good. Because what happens is when you touch someone, I'm a toucher. Come here, David. I'm not going to show off your legs. Come here, come here, come here. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. No, no, no. no. There's something about just coming. My family growing up, we were touchy-feely, kissy family. Not the weird kind, just the, you know what I mean? No, 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 give me that. Hey, I'll just tell you this. The world is being exposed like never before in Hollywood and everywhere else. Okay? It's getting exposed for what it is and what it's propagating. I just feel like, I mean, it's almost like I'm a move of God, cleaning house. Okay? And so what I'm saying is when you touch someone, when you're near someone, when you talk to them, you get close and we have conversation. That's going into dark areas. Thank you, David. Take that hat off. No, just. But, but the light has to touch something of value. Think about it. When the woman with the issue of blood, she saw Jesus. There was light. There wasn't like illumination like you've seen painting, light coming off. But she saw hope. What she saw, so she extended herself. Blind Bartimaeus. He goes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He heard, and he, that light came in the midst of a city of darkness. And he began that. And what happened is, light begins to produce hope in people. Am I making sense here? And people cry out. They go, "Man, whatever you got, that whatever you have, I want it." The third thing: if you don't go, we don't grow. <laughs> and so, the lightest position here's what it's positioned to do: to illuminate. What does that mean? The light, what the light we have is borrowed light. We shine with the reflection of Jesus' light. I was talking about the medical thing earlier. One of the things is, is that they use that intense light of, of, to show bones, what's in bones. They use that, they put you down those tubes or get MRIs and CAT scans and things like that. It's immense light that bring, it reveals disease, it reveals blindness, it reveals things. And that's what Jesus did when he walked in the city what happened? It was the light. People that had disease or people that were blind, that were religious, it was revealed. That's what light does. And so what happens is, you know, the radiance with which we shine from as Christians is lit by the presence of Jesus within a Christian's heart. And so that's why it's important to have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus himself. You say, what is that? What, is, what do you mean, Pastor Baba? You know what I've learned this? There's, there's people that I meet or I've heard speak sometimes, and I go, man, th that was a good message. But if the rare people are, man, I want to know the Jesus that that guy knows. You understand what I'm saying? Or that woman, I want to know the Jesus that they know. Because there's a reflection. There's just some people that are brighter than others. I'm just telling you that. Why? 
is because when you hang out with the light, you're going to reflect what you hang out with. Come on. If you're going to Walmart fussing at everybody, being a crank, and you go, I love my church, please take that off. (laughs) Not in Walmart. But find another shirt. Just put, I'm having a grumpy day. Pray for me. You know? And then that, that way you can go, hey, you need to come to my church. You know? I don't know. But we need to have a new slogan. Like you miss grump. To, if, you have a grump if you're a grump or in a slump, come to our... Anyway, whatever. I don't know. That's not good. But so I'm coming to a close. Really, I am. I am. The radiance which you shine from... It's the presence of Jesus. And I like what verse 16 says, let your light shine before men. And why? So people can have a choice. So people can have a choice. We're supposed to reflect him to give people a choice. And if we don't say anything, you know, one of the biggest, one of the things I was, I was so convicted by, his name's Kenneth Tron. He goes to, uh, the Lafayette campus, when my son Andrew played for him, he's on the All-Stars and played basketball. When he played for him in the Broussard Youngsville League, he came to me one time and he saw me at church and he goes, Pastor Bubba, it convicted me. He said, how come you never told me about Jesus when Andrew played for the team? And I was like, wow. Here this guy is, God was using him touching him, and I never even talked to him once about Jesus. But he's saved now, got remarried, his son played, you know, I mean, all that. His son was Andrew's friend, but that was one of the greatest convicting times I ever had in my life. I felt, you know, it's like, did God forget? Yeah, I felt, I felt like I was never, like, ashamed. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't say it. And so for us, is sometimes people are waiting for us to say something. And that's what light, light doesn't just reflect, light doesn't just position, but light says something. Light says you can be different, you can have joy, you can live in the light, you don't have to walk in darkness and blindness. You, and, and what God does, it just touches, and it gives people a choice what they're going to do with their life. Amen?